This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 17th of March. In your Squeeze today, Papua New Guinea's COVID crisis. North Korea's veiled acknowledgement of the Biden administration. Why Aussies are switching off social media. And Spain's appealing new experiment. This is your Squeeze today. James Marape, the Prime Minister of our closest neighbour Claire, Papua New Guinea, yesterday revealed that about one person to every three or four has COVID-19. It's hard to know what the numbers really are, with only 55,000-odd tests taken since the pandemic began. That's across a population of about 10 million. But what we do know is that it's a big problem. It is a big problem for PNG. They don't seem to have a really good handle on exactly the extent of it, as you say. Also concerns about what they're doing there to stem uh, the spread of the coronavirus. It looks like Australia will help them out on that front. But as far as Australia is concerned, there's worries here too. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, which of course has PNG as a neighbour to the north with the Torres Strait, Uh, wanted to know what the government is doing about it. Concerns, of course, that PNG could be a gateway for COVID to Australia. It's hard to get a handle on the numbers, the death rate. All of that detail hasn't really been forthcoming. But as you mentioned, Australia certainly is going to help out. Yeah, and we need to stand by and find out exactly the extent of all of that. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne yesterday said that we're in contact with PNG officials and there will be further announcements of more support. But so far, we've earmarked $144 million for a first round of vaccines, also $60 million worth of PPE, support for testing, support for health clinics and technical advice has gone there. What Marape has asked for is fast-track vaccines for frontline workers, particularly doctors who are working there. And that seems to be something that Australia is expected to do. As for what's happening on the vaccine front closer to home, lots of talk yesterday about the safety of the AstraZeneca vaccine as EU members paused their rollout due to claims of blood clotting. But yesterday, our Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly made it very clear that our government has full confidence in that vaccine. US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin are two names we'll hear a bit about in the podcast. Remember those names. Today we're talking about them as they're due to meet with their counterparts in Japan and South Korea this week. And a visit by them to that region has seen the sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un arc up. She has. She said that uh, if America wants to sleep in peace for the coming four years, it had better refrain from causing a stink at its first step. Uh, That seems to be the first time, actually, that the North Korean government or officials there have kind of acknowledge the new administration. They previously haven't welcomed the the election of the Biden government. Uh, Neither have they made efforts to answer the new Biden administration's call for engagement. This is all coming to a bit of a head at the moment, as you say, because of a visit. Uh, But also it's that annual round of US-South Korean military exercises, and that's always been a source of tension. And if you're wondering why Kim Jong-un's sister is the one that's spoken up about this, Kim Yo-jong is a politician and she's considered a close and powerful ally of North Korea's supreme leader. 
Claire, a survey from the Australian Survey of Social Attitudes has shown that Aussies are reducing their social media use. More than half of the 5,000 survey participants said their main reason was because they were bored. And look, it's one of those things I think with social media, isn't it? We seem to fall into bad habits, get a bit bored with things and then do a bit of a check on it and then bad habits reappear again. But certainly it's something that the social media platforms are constantly aware of about keeping us engaged. Yeah, the survey specifically pointed out that Facebook use is down. And whilst we're on Facebook, casting our minds back to when Facebook got rid of news for Australian users and then reinstated it, that was over government legislation that would see it have to enter an agreement with news publishers to pay for news. Now, reports are Facebook has come to an arrangement with our biggest publishers, Claire. Deals inked yesterday with Nine Entertainment and also News Corp and deals in the works still with The Guardian and with the ABC. Seven West Media and Solstice Media have done deals with Facebook already. Pretty dramatic few months for Facebook in Australia. Indeed. From one massive company to another, Alibaba, the Chinese e-commerce business, so kind of like eBay or Amazon, has been in the sights of the Chinese government for a while. For example, in November, Chinese regulators stopped a stock market listing by Ant Group, which is one of its subsidiaries. And a month on from that, they opened an investigation into the company's business practices. Also, Alibaba's founder and former CEO, Jack Ma, went missing for a while. It's been a whole thing. Now, Claire, officials have ordered it to sell off its media assets. Yeah, there's been a sense that this sort of reckoning has been coming and there were lots of questions about exactly what the Chinese government might do to try and make Alibaba a less powerful force in China. Uh, The start of that is becoming more clear with reports that the Chinese government will make Alibaba divest its holdings of the South China Morning Post, which is a big newspaper in the region. Uh, Also, the Twitter-like social media platform Weibo, if you want to talk social media companies and how big they are, they don't get much bigger than Weibo. So uh, what it seems to be designed to do is to give uh, Alibaba less sway over public opinion. Yeah, it seems China isn't happy about just how big and successful it is. And if that quip about Jack Ma going missing got you curious, we have a squeeze shortcut which will tell you all about it. Prince Philip Clare has been in hospital for 28 days with an infection and subsequent heart surgery. Now he's heading home. And whilst we're on the Royals, Harry has started conversations with his father Charles and brother William after that Oprah interview. That's what Gail King says. Gail, of course, is Oprah's bestie. That's probably Mm. how us Australians might know her as. She's also a US morning show host. And what she said was that she had had a chat with the Sussexes on the weekend and they had told her that those early conversations between Harry, William and Charles weren't productive, but they were glad that talks had at least started. Back to Philip, though. He's 99 years old. He'll be 100 on the 10th of June. What an effort. Put it in your diary. Yeah. Yeah. And Claire, I'm not sure if I mentioned this or not, but I'm actually moving to Spain. I don't think we've discussed this, Kate. I don't quite <laughs> I don't quite know what the time maybe it'd be a good timeline for you to do the podcast in the morning from Spain. Maybe I'd have to look into that. It's not the reason why I'm going though. I'm going because Spain is looking to experiment with a thirty two hour work week. So four <laughs> days a week of work, same pay. Sounds all right. 
And what they say is they've had lots of interesting things come up with this COVID period with lockdown and they reckon they can give it a go. People being just as productive at home, if not more so, and piling everything into four days and getting better life balance with a three-day weekend. There are some companies in Australia that have experimented with this as well. Interesting concept. Do you get to choose the day you take off or is it just like Friday becomes a Saturday? Exactly right. Yeah, three days in a row. Squeeze the day, Claire, and it's St. Patrick's Day, so there's that. It's always a big deal. (laughs) Also, Australia's Chief Scientist, Dr Cathy Foley, will give an address to the National Press Club. Uh, Looking at anniversaries today, uh, today is the anniversary of the patenting of the rubber band and also self-raising flour, Ah. 1845. There you go. Self-raising flour, 1845. What an invention. (laughs) It's also the anniversary of Albert Einstein on the science theme, finishing his scientific paper detailing his quantum theory of light. That's one of the foundations of modern physics. That happened in 1905. So self-raising flour was way before that. (laughs) And in my life, probably more useful so I don't, so. I don't know <laughs> thank you as always for listening to the squeeze today podcast if you like the podcast please tell people about it word of mouth is still the number one way we grow we do appreciate you spreading the word enjoy your wednesday and we'll be back tomorrow message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.